What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the show. Welcome back to Canine Party in France. Thank you for joining me here. This uh, episode was a lot of fun to make, really easy to get hyped for. There's so many great things that came out this last week. For one, we had the uh, Black Desert Online console update on March 3rd that dropped. We now have access to Star's End. We have access to the Kafir's leveling system as well as the Black Star weapons. We'll go in uh, more in depth in that. We'll check out some of the news and even the Pearl Shop uh, updates and discounts that came for that one. The uh, we also can look forward to the uh, Mass Effect Legendary Edition coming out. Uh, we'll go in depth on that one as well. I'm going to check out some of the news behind that one. Definitely looking forward to that one. Big nostalgia. Mass Effect was a huge part of my childhood growing up when I first got into gaming, and it was a good turn when it came to playing some more, uh, some more less sophisticated games that, frankly, I just really wasn't mature enough to follow. And that was a good turning point when it came to RPG gaming for me. Uh, I also did a gameplay. I played a little bit with the uh, demo for Outriders. Um, and uh, didn't have a lot to uh, take away from that one. But it's it's something to look kind of look forward to. It's a good hybrid of some of the uh, other games uh, that kind of missed the mark a little bit. Such as, uh, you know, when you when you think of um, uh, like like Anthem and Destiny and whatnot. It's a, it feels a lot like that. Uh, Remnant from the Ashes, I would say. Uh, maybe even some Gears of War kind of thrown in there. Some some of the bigger games that came out that just kind of missed the mark, but let's, let's see where it goes. we got another month for that full release to come out. We also covered Diablo 2 Resurrected. Now, that one is something I'm very excited for, and I'm really looking forward to that one. And thankfully, I just built uh, my new computer setup here um, that I'm actually recording this on right now. I still got to clean up the sound a little bit, so bear with me. This episode is going to have some different changes with the mics as I'm playing around with some of the sound quality and everything, but the uh, podcast itself should come up pretty good. So stay tuned. Um, got a lot to cover this one here. We'll cover a lot of it in the episode. And keep in mind, we are, um, I mean, we're featured on all sorts of different uh, different uh, platforms right now, Google and Apple, and uh, we also have, uh, you know, we're also on Breaker and Spotify and Radio Public. Be sure to share, support the channel, uh, tell your friends about it, and if you know anybody, any content creators or any streamers or even yourself who's just maybe an avid gamer of a certain niche market that wants to share your opinions and, and kind of get on the show, and, uh, you know, I can only catch so much of the news here and there, but uh, just let me know, and I'll be more than happy to have you on the show. Anyway, let's get this started. So starting here, uh, we're going to go over the Black Desert Online update, at least for the consoles that came out. We're getting a little bit closer to the uh, the PC versions. We're, uh, we, only have, we don't have too much far to go, um, too much further to go, I should say. One of the, uh, of course, one of the big worries about it is that when we do catch up, if we do catch up to the PC version, will there be crossplay between consoles and PC? Now, the concern for that comes is, and of course i'm going to probably make a few people happy here talk about pc master race right but the concern is that when we do catch up to pc if they possibly one day enable crossplay between pc and console it will be it, it'll really kill the balance of the playership of it really you know um forget the fact that obviously pc is is, is light years ahead of us and their economy is completely different and their gameplay is completely different from what you're going to get on crossplay uh from console i should say um and that being said when it comes down to it you have uh it's not that the games look any different i mean the games are just as involved and uh and grindy as you will but even uh even during the twitch stream if you or twitch or youtube stream for that matter from pearl abyss uh the um well it was uh representatives representatives from pearl abyss but it was uh what was it um i want to say the channel was was play uh play black desert or black desert play or something like that but they uh featured the pearl abyss ceos uh and and content creators uh just a couple of them on there just announcing some of the stuff coming up really the first one was was uh the first uh, announcer obviously told me you know told us everything and the second one was just like thank you for playing the game so we're gonna go over what the first one said and it was all subtitles so you kind of had to read it as fast as you could 
But uh, going from there, the big aspect of it is we uh, right before March 3rd, they had the live stream come out and they announced that we were going to have access to uh, Star's End, uh, which we have access to on the March. Everything on the March 3rd update is we have access to Star's End and all the different uh, items that come along with that, the different monsters and everything. It is a 260 minimum AP zone. So you got to be pretty grindy and pretty high up there and set, in a, you know, set in your ways with your character build in order to survive over there. And not only are the monsters uh, and, and the, the PVE enemies going to give you a run for your money over there, even if you're like an end game build. One of the things uh, that's already been an issue over there is as soon as people go over there and start grinding and look for good ro- uh, rotations, they're getting they're getting just taken out left and right by a lot of these higher level players. Uh, the uh, the guild that I'm in right now uh, went over there with some of our higher level players and kind of went back and forth with some people they've had some rivalry, rivalries with over the years. Um, and it's kind of a personal level, but I obviously am not nowhere near high enough to really survive over there in a PvE aspect, let alone PvP. So uh, I, I was just watching the system messages and all, all my clan members either getting killed or killing them back. And it, it was just it was just going going insane the whole time. Finally, I had to log off and, and call it a night. But that being said, the Star's End area, uh, a whole new multitude of new monsters and, and enemies to kill, uh, a whole new quest line and new items. So <clears throat> we finally have now Cafris, uh, Cafris uh, leveling. Um, once again, it's not up to the uh, level of where PC's at, mainly because the developers wanted us to work our way slowly up there. You have people that are already endgame when it comes to the console versions. They're already as, as strong and as high as you're going to get. So the one way to make them stronger is through Kafras leveling. So if you have all level pen weapons and armor and, and, and accessories and everything like that, you go through Kafras leveling and it makes them just a little bit stronger with each Kafras level. And of course you achieve Kafras level by, by playing through the Star's End, uh, Star's End area. And the one fact that they threw in there was you could have up to level 20 Kafras level starting at starting at try just like it's on pc at try and then uh tet and then and pen um so at try you get level 20 cafres pet or tet you get level 20 cafres and then pen and so on and so forth but they started out this update by taking pen to only cafres level five and that was a matter of allowing everybody else to kind of slowly build up and have a fighting chance because if you have all these end game players who have all this all this silver and money built up and you have all they're already running all pen level stuff and they, they can just rip through all these new areas like it's nothing it wouldn't take them long to get to Kafras level 20. so the developers wanted to get the rest of the community a chance to kind of catch up and one of the benefits of Kafras is simply that instead of instead of playing like tet roulette or pen roulette if you will you can now go in there and work on the Kafras level and upgrade your weapons up to uh, or weapons and armor stuff up to uh, from prior to Ted to pen through that way. Um, it's a, obviously a bit more grind, more time consuming, but it's less of a gamble, which is nice. It'll give the other players who maybe don't have the patience or even maybe the money to uh, be able uh, to achieve those Tet and pen levels. I myself have finally started working into Tet level things. Like I got, you know, my, my Tet main hand and Tet offhand and stuff like that. And uh, slowly but surely, I'm getting there. I'm getting better accessories, and it is what it is. I'm getting better uh, with the aspect of just playing one class character instead of you know shopping around and playing this character and playing that character and dumping billions and billions of silver across four, five, six, seven different characters. Now I'm just focusing on one until I get uh, it's Alon, until I get her high enough level to really uh, have a good grind. And as far as um, as far as world grinding goes, she's uh. She's obviously one of the better ones, easier ones in the PvE aspect to just kind of rip through mobs and, and kind of control the mobs a lot easier. So that's why I chose her. And then once I get her going, I can work into my other classes. Um, so with this, we also got Black Star weapons. Um, but before we get too far into that, the big aspect with this update, with the March 3rd update for uh, the console, obviously Black Desert, is to really celebrate the crossplay anniversary guild. So, a uh, guide. It's so so crossplay anniversary. It's officially been one year since we they've enabled crossplay between uh, PlayStation and Xbox. 
now they still have dedicated servers to each system so there's there's obviously dedicated xbox servers that only xbox players can access uh such as the florin uh servers which is the one that i, I usually play on um and then you have the uh, playstation servers i don't play on playstation so i don't know the server names off the top of my head but regardless i, I wouldn't be surprised if it's florin over there as well it's just florin ps5 or ps4 or whatever so that being said um this crossplay anniversary that they're celebrating they have of course the events that they can go through so the events here uh you obviously with your login times and your play times you can earn uh, earn up to a thousand four crown stones and that's a lot uh just for a point of reference it takes roughly you know four four and a half you know 450 or so crown stones to attempt a uh from tet to pen on a main hand um maybe not necessarily a boss weapon i, I took a quick gander at it with my laverto and it was like 383 crown stones or whatever in order to attempt to go from tet to pen um and how you earn these crown stones is your play time so up to an hour for every for every day you play during the event uh you earn every 10 minutes you can earn like 10 crown stones or something like that so as if you play for an hour a day that's 60 crown stones a day and though in crown stones that's a lot of crown stones for those who like to try and obviously uh enhance their equipment themselves 60 crown stones is is a lot and that builds up pretty fast so you get a max of a thousand four crown stones during the event which is great so make sure if if nothing else just log in to be able to afk train whatever as long as you're logged in you'll get those crown stones and don't don't pass up that opportunity uh next thing is they released the handicrafts and these are just another one of those trade and token you know anniversary or trade and token event things like uh, the shikado seals or the easter eggs so on of course shikado seals obviously is a bigger deal but we're talking about like you know the easter eggs and stuff um and these ones will actually uh include uh different horse materials uh for training horses or dream horse or coursers or if you will uh enhancement materials and of course plenty of other things that will come from those and when you log in for the event you start off with these nine keys uh nine golden keys or something like that and as you're running around the the world you know doing missions and knocking everything out you can run across these uh these chests and you look in the chest and you can get you get this little uh like wooden trinket thing if you will and you can trade those in for um for different items um go uh, for you know the uh, wooden handicrafts and you trade those in for different items and stuff either uh, whether it's dream horse training or you know enhancement materials some of like that depending on what direction you want to go in your play and of course there are they'll have some extra you know uh, daily awards coming through if you happen to log in and check it out you have your uh, your daily login then you have your loyalty and then you have a third option up there that is uh, just for the event in order to celebrate the the one year anniversary of the crossplay and of course there's also with this event there's plenty of hidden gm treasures and stuff out there so um there the uh the gift box is there that i mentioned with the keys and everything and you get just little things here and there uh you know update stuff and um you know enhancement materials and all that other fun stuff so we now have uh calpheon's forgotten region the stars in going into that so if you played through the comma sylvia quest line as you come to the end of it, right before you bust into the the Dragon quest line, you start talking a lot about the Fallen region or the Foggy region, stuff like that, talking about Star's End. And of course, you can still have dialogue talking about it, but we didn't, we obviously didn't have access to Star's End, but now we do. With the March 3rd update, we can now access Star's End and everything that comes with it. Now, of course, there's a recommended AP minimum of 260. Now, for those who have grinded and have gone to these areas, 260 might be the recommended minimum um, AP, but you're going to still want more than that to be able to comfortably uh, grind in those areas. So, obviously, you have the entire Dragon, uh, or Dragon uh, quest line. You have uh, the entire Kama Sylvia quest line if you haven't played with that. You have all the side quests. You can still repeat and everything like that. And get all your uh, get your XP. And, and, uh, and thankfully, over the past month or so, we've been given a plethora of boost scrolls and combat skill scrolls and things like that that you can just go to Polly's forest or you can go to uh you know the Oregons or whichever and just just run a rotation there over and over and collect i have been grinding out over there with my lawn and getting so many combat points and it's coming easy and i'm just i'm just really just kind of staying at a party chat and just absentmindedly swinging around killing stuff left and right and i'm getting a ton of points and the trick is to go to those areas that have huge mobs obviously so you can just keep in a rotation and just constantly go 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 and just take out these enemies left and right and just in a big circle 
and so and that's that's a big trick of it that's why warragons and polys polys has always been a really popular grind spot for especially lower level folks but even um even if you're not necessarily lower level like if you got a good ap but you still you know you just want to go somewhere to, to grind out combat points um there was also hex uh let's say it was hex sanctuary or soldier's graveyard was uh is is still i'm sure to this day is a very popular place to go grind out uh um combat points i just find larger mobs over in, in polys and easier to run a rotation over there and not really be bothered either it seems like not, not too many people are hanging out in polys so i pop those scrolls and i just go over there and just get lost for really a couple hours and i can easily um, for 30 45 minutes of just grinding i could easily pop out 100 combat points and uh, i can see that it won't take much longer for me to um, get all the combat points I need to have a decent build on my lawn to actually, even though you have uh, you know a high AP build, I think I'm at 215 AP or something like that now on my lawn. Nothing too impressive, but regardless of how much AP you have, or I have, I should say, um, my skills are still not high enough level to complement it. You know, like I can have a 215 AP, but if I only have like a level one, uh, you know, uh, uh, the base attack or level one like, uh, uh, let me see, what's the attack like Blade Dance or whichever. Um, or prime blade dance and there's like five let's say there's like for example like five possible levels you can get out of that i want to be able to have enough combat points to get all five of those levels so my 215 ap is being used completely you know used to a full extent you know it's full potential if you will so that's all the more reason there and thankfully right now so many people are hanging out up there at stars and that you can spend all the time you want down in uh down in polys and even in polys on arsha server if you want that little extra boost on the uh under your XP points and your combat XP and stuff. So, and even your item drop or whatever you're going to find on there. Definitely something to keep into mind. So, uh, looking, of course, I'm getting a lot of this information from the, uh, from the Black Desert website, you know, uh, and the one of the, uh, one of the big things here is now we have access to corrupted magic crystals. And um, these ones, so you have the corrupted magic crystal, it's a sub weapon crystal. And it'll uh, add ten uh, percent critical damage, uh, two to all AP, uh, two damage reduction, and uh, of course, uh, critical damage, uh, two crystal effect. You get an additional two percent critical hit damage, which is really great, which is awesome. If you have a two slot offhand, say you're running a Kudum, you're running a, a PVE build, and you want to run a Kudum, you drop that on there, you got critical hit damage. And if you have a high accuracy build where you hit things left and right without even trying. And you have that high critical hit chance. A 30% high critical hit chance is amazing. I mean, that's about what I'm running now. I did change my, my crystals around a little bit just to kind of see how it goes. But a 30% critical hit chance with the accuracy and the amount of hits you even you lay down in any mobs, you're gonna be you're gonna be dropping crits left and right. You know, depending on your build, of course. Uh, you have also the new and black distortion earrings uh, that came out. Now these ones. Uh, at base level, they're looking at six AP with six accuracy. Uh, they're not they're not too bad, of course. Um, they are obviously a yellow you know a yellow level. They are going to be a, a new end game weapon for sure. Uh, definitely something to kind of check out. And once you get over there, currently just a base level black distortion earring. The snippet they have here, I'm assuming is from PC. Just a base level of these uh, distortion earrings go for 342 mil on the central market. So even if it's a matter, if you have the means to grind out in Star's End and get these distortion earrings, I'm assuming the drop rate is is probably abysmal, if anything. But I mean, two, 342, just finding one and put on the marketplace wouldn't be too bad. And if you find a handful of them, you throw them around there and you throw a couple of duos up there. Why not? You know. Uh, another thing they finally released is Black Star weapons. Level one Black Star weapon. You're looking at you know 22, uh, 20 or 28 AP with a 20, uh, 20 accuracy. Not so bad. Already off the bat at a base level, extra 10 damage to uh, all species. Three attack speed, three casting speed, plus two to critical hit damage. Uh, and of course, once you get into uh, you know the higher levels, you know you got you got pride duo and panel all that stuff. You you get the extra AP and extra AP to all damages uh, or all the uh, species and extra damage to all species, AP, accuracy, the whole nine yards. The snippet they have here, once again, I'm assuming it's from PC, base level Black Star, main hand running for 234 for a base level. So once those start selling out on the central market for console, I mean, have your silver built up. I'm sure people aren't going to waste too much time getting those up to pry and so on and so forth. So you, I mean, kind of judging from how some of the uh, levels are going and, and how the the price kind of jumps with these 
and really just how rare they're going to be on the market to begin with, you're probably going to look at just a pry black star weapon is probably going to run you at least a couple bill. You just give us some time, wait a little bit, and then uh, see how it goes. I mean, you can only sell it to any vendor for 2.2 mil, but it goes in the marketplace, obviously, for 234 mil. So obviously, no one's going to sell a black star weapon main hand to an NPC. If they do, they're going to hate their life for a while. But either way, once again, something to look into. Now, the Star's End um, obviously features uh, a couple the new accessories, the Black Star weapons. Getting the Black Star weapon is the part of that's where the kind of controversy comes in. So, the Black Star weapon, the main hand, is considered a, you know a decent alternative for a boss weapon. So, <clears throat> in order to, but in order to get it, you need to. So you, you you craft it by sacrificing three base level boss weapons as it is. Now the uh, let me kind of skim over this here as I'm reading through this here. Uh, let's see, able to craft the black uh, black star weapons. In order to begin the process, crafting black star weapon, you'll need to have the knowledge of the three legendary blacksmiths of Medea and remnants of the Rift. So, of course, you just play through the storylines, and you'll get those as you just play through. You know, I mean, if you're playing, if you're getting these new areas and you're not playing through the storylines, and really you're cheating yourself out of a lot of XP, a lot of decent items that you can play around with, and a good story if you if you if you're into that, obviously. So you, uh, the remnants of the rift, and then um, that's obviously the, the quest that you have to get this next step in here. So concentrated bosses or discovered a way to extract the ore from which certain weapons are crafted by heating any of the boss weapons currently available. Uh, um, <clears throat> currently available, one will be able to obtain concentrated bosses aura. To craft the black star weapon, three concentrate concentrated bosses auras will be required. So that means you have, if you heat any of the boss weapons, like your Kazarka, Kudum, or I don't know if it's just main weapons, it might be offhands as well, but you have, uh, you know, obviously your Kazarka, may, I'm pretty sure off intent would be involved there, um, and if it's also the offhands, and you have your, uh, you know, your Kudum, and, 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 you know, maybe I would hate to think that they would offer the uh, the Karanda, uh, or the, uh, the Dandelion, obviously, but if that's the case, then you, if you happen to have a few Kazarka boxes hanging around, then you are in line to get your, uh, your Black Star weapon. So keep that in mind. There's also a lot of, <clears throat> you're getting uh, the, the setup for uh, the loyalty uh, boxes and stuff we're getting just for logging in daily. you got a handful of Shikado seals we're getting, and of course 30 Shikado seals will get you a Kazarka. So if you have Shikado seals to throw away, then go ahead. But keep in mind, it also takes 100 Shikado Seals to get a duo Ogre Ring. So that's another another thing to keep in mind, too. So you could go about, about it that way. You could send your, spend your Shikado Seals to get your Kazarka weapons. You could buy cheap boss weapons off the marketplace. Although I get on it fast because I feel like those prices are going to skyrocket here soon if, there are, if they're even still in the marketplace at this point. Um... But to waste your Chicago seals, I I would suggest holding off longer and getting that you know you know getting those high end uh, duo accessories and stuff. So uh, hit up the marketplace and and just buy buy out all the boss weapons, all the base level boss weapons, and just start heating them up. It's gonna hurt at first, um, but it's you know if you get this if you really want this black star weapon, then that's that's where you're gonna go, right? So going back, uh, we have. Uh, items in the pearl shop, of course. Uh, new items in the pearl shop that are going to be there. Uh, new event item. The and of course some of the discounts. So artisan memory 100 pack has been is 50 off, so 2,000 pearls. Value pack uh, is now 750, a 30 day value pack for 750 pearls, which isn't bad. Uh, inventory expansion for 725. Uh, Thea's orb for 1250, and of course the mount skill change coupon 10 plus one, so 11 uh, coupons, uh, skill change coupons for 1250. Um, <clears throat> the flawless artisan pack is now down uh, 30% off. That's you get, you know, it, it's artisan stuff. So you get your artisan memories, your vault cry, cronstone, uh, crafting pack, really everything you want to try and, uh, you know, enhance your weapons that we talked about earlier. And of course you have the artisan pack too. That's also 30% off. You get, uh, everything that's going to be in the artisan pack one, just twice as many, you know? So you get, instead of 50 artisan memories, you're getting a hundred instead of a uh, hundred cronstones. This time you're getting 300 cronstones, so on and so forth. So if you got the money to burn, no one's going to judge you. It is what it is. Um, we also have the 2 plus 2 Maiden Butler pack. 
uh for 2400 uh pearls you're getting uh obviously uh storage mates transaction mates so on and so forth and of course the your choice of the butlers one per family and uh, right now there's no schedule reset on that one so that one will be around for a while it seems uh second anniversary 22 pack uh for 12 uh, 1282 pearls artists of memories volks cry memory fragment cronstone advice of volks all 22 so 22 uh fail stack uh volks 22 uh, you know volks cry artists of memories so on and so forth uh value uh seven day value pack for 350 pearls and two goes to mount skill change coupon so you get four mount skill change coupons for 500 pearls and uh, an, uh on sale right now you get the uh the costume obviously the fish costume uh, which which is great it makes it a lot easier to uh makes it like you swim a lot faster um and uh underwear 70 percent off uh for the extra you know the extra hidden luck point that you don't want to waste a slot on uh interior items 50 percent off costume 30 percent off things like that premium sets are now 30 percent off so get them while they're hot you know if you if you're the kind of person who wants to get the premium sets put them on the marketplace you know get them while you can so uh, and of course, classic sets, thirty percent off. Pearl Shop has got a lot of stuff. Go check it out. Um, if you're if you're into the Pearl uh, Pearl Shop, there's a lot of good deals on it right now. And even then, uh, it's on the Xbox Marketplace that you have the pearls are also ten percent off of the Pearl Packs on the Marketplace themselves. So, by all means, check that out. Anyway, we're gonna take a break here for a quick message, and then we'll get back into this. Uh, next, we're gonna be talking about the uh, Outriders demo and uh, how much I really enjoyed playing that over Crossplay. Nonetheless, that was fairly. It was fairly seamless. At first, it, it took a little bit for everything to kind of talk to each other, but once it got going, it was a lot of fun. Anyway, we'll be uh, we'll be right back with this quick message, and then uh, we'll go from there. Hey everyone, K9 here. So you're probably wondering how I'm able to make these podcasts so easily. Well, with Anchor, it's an app right on my phone, and it's the easiest way to make any podcast. Anchor gives you everything you need with all the tools to allow you to record and edit your podcast so they sound unique and professional. The best part is, it's all free. Once you're done, they'll distribute your podcast for you among the biggest streaming networks such as Spotify, Google, and iTunes, and many others. And you can even make a little cash with no minimum listenership. Just download Anchor from the App Store or go to anchor.fm to get started. Have fun and thanks for listening. Now back to the show. Another game that's coming out. Now, we all know and uh, feel weird about the release of Mass Effect Andromeda. I enjoyed the gameplay, but the uh, but the character models and the character motions compared to other AAA titles that had come out at the time, uh, you know, alongside Mass Effect Andromeda, was uh, left a lot to be desired. It was it was comedic, really. Um, even after some of the updates where they tried cleaning up some of the graphics and some of the character models, it, it was still, it just wasn't, it just, it just wasn't right. But so the Mass Effect studio, thankfully is, uh, doing something for us. Now, I don't think it's a studio actually doing this. The, uh, uh, let's see here. So uh, we look at the game overview. I'm on the, uh, the EA, obviously electronic arts and say what you want. Electronic arts has done us wrong so many times over the years but with the hope this will make things a little better now the big things is we have coming up here soon the uh release date i should say it on here somewhere is uh the mass uh, mass effect legendary edition now this is going to be it's a remaster it's going to be released on the console uh you know xbox one uh xbox one uh, PS4, PS5, Xbox Series X, uh, and Series S, of course. And the uh, the big thing about it is it's a remaster of the original three games. And it'll you'll still be able to carry your, carry your character over from one game to the next, like you did in the first three. And I don't know about you guys, but Mass Effect for me is probably one of the uh, easily one of my most one of my most favorite games. Um, I was a huge RPG fan growing up. Um, back when you had Legend, uh, Legend of Dragoon, you had uh, obviously the uh, you know the Final Fantasy series; those were just really big parts of my childhood that I loved playing growing up. Now, this this uh, Legendary Edition is going to obviously include all three of the games: Mass Effect One, Two, and Three. 
including all the DLC that came out with it. So you have uh, Bring Down the Sky, Genesis, uh, Zaid, uh, Kasumi, and all the different uh, you know uh, appearance packs and stuff that came out with it, as well as the other you know all the other you know, all the DLC that was. I mean, it's like 40, 40 you know different DLCs that were uh, involved on this uh, when the game was released back in the day. And the storyline was amazing to, to get. It was exciting to go into the next Mass Effect game and have these characters that, if you were lucky enough, you didn't kill off in the previous game, show up in your, you know, in, in the next game as, as you know, Commander Shepard, who is the main character that you play as, is making his way through and, and, and saving the galaxy once again, but whatever means necessary, which is, it's always, it was a fun aspect. And you create your character in the first game, uh, you, you, you customize their face, you do all the stuff, and you make them your own character, and you can carry that character, him or her, through all three of the games. And it's just amazing. So I'm looking forward to that. It's been a while since I played it. I, I'm, I think I've forgotten enough about the main story to actually be able to enjoy playing it again. And uh, one of the things I'm no- I noticed with a lot of other games, uh, especially remasters, even remakes, is there are things about it that... I, I enjoyed, but I'm not sure why I enjoyed them. You know, like I, it really, it's more so because I, I probably because I was just happier at that time in my life. You know, like and at the same time, there's nothing more exciting about a game that you know nothing about that you just go headfirst into and just get pulled into the story. And that's what was Mass Effect was for me. Um, and now, what I'm scared of is no matter how good this game is gonna look, uh, because they've they've revamped the graphics to allow it for for 4K gaming, all you know, UHD, the whole nine yards, and They've got uh, examples on their site and everything like that that show the difference between the original games uh, and, and the, the quality of the original games and what they can do now. And that is a huge, that's, that's really big right there. And you see the di- the very clear difference right there. Um, and of course, it's being released on the the, you know, the, the Xbox One, uh, One X, the Series X, and the PS4, PS5, and stuff like that, uh, which are capable of playing 4K titles and uh, hopefully looking a lot better than it was before. For me, a lot of it was the scenery uh, and the imagery that were in the original game. So definitely revamping the graphics and the sound and everything like that is going to be a huge plus for me. Just because a lot of the cutscenes, it's fun to just hang out and, and see the cutscenes happen. Now, one thing that I that really, when I tried playing through the original series again after Andromeda kind of ruined it for me, was I was in such a hurry to get to Mass Effect 2 and then Mass Effect 3 because of the extra features that you had in those games. So the one thing that I know I'm going to struggle with is playing through Mass Effect 1, taking my time with it, getting all the side stories down and really building my character properly and not get too excited to jump to Mass Effect 2 as fast as I can and miss out on the experience of Mass Effect 1 all the way through, right? Um, and by all means, like, leave comments, you know, let me know what you think, what you what you feel like is going to be your biggest struggle when it comes to uh, playing through this series again. For those who were the... Uh, for those who were were uh, the the OG Mass Effect players, obviously, um, we're all going to appreciate this. But when I keep in mind that when they finally released the remake of uh, uh, Destroy All Humans, it had obviously it was a much better looking game. It was it was considered one of the best legit remakes uh, of, of recently, at least. And as I'm playing through it. I remember having such a good time with it when I was younger, when it first came out, and I had a blast playing the game. But as I tried playing it this other time uh, recently with the actual remake that came out, I just couldn't find that excitement anymore. And it was depressing, really, because, you know, it's $40 for the game. And as I'm playing through it, it's not that the game wasn't fun. It still had that campiness to it that made it fun. But I just, for some reason, I just couldn't get into it like I did when I was younger. And maybe it's because I've changed my my taste in games. Maybe I have a different expectation of what I want from a game that I am I'm willing to spend money on. Or it's uh, or it's just that game was good back then with what we had, what was offered, what was on the market. Uh, but it just doesn't hold up to the games and the standards that we see nowadays. Or it's just my life was different back then, and I was more so uh, I was more so happy with where I was at in life, or how I felt in life, or how life felt back then, compared to how it feels now. Um, keep in mind, I was I was really young when uh, when uh, uh, Destroy All Humans came out originally, um, and I want to say it was I mean it was on the 360 if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and that was a long time ago. So uh, games have come a long way, and the standards of games have come a long way. 
So that's something to keep in mind. So when it comes down to the uh, this this mass a uh, Mass Effect Legendary Edition, I think it. I don't want to see it as a last ditch effort to recover the Mass Effect series. It could be an exciting kind of like uh, you know uh, uh, an exciting precursor or or foreshadowing or whatever if you will to another Mass Effect installment coming out. Um, and I don't want to have any spoilers because those who haven't played the Mass Effect games, I really suggest you check them out uh, if you have a chance to play through them at all. Um, you can get the uh, Mass Effect One, Two, and Three on the that's uh, um, on Game Pass right now, but at the same time, I would really suggest waiting for the Legendary Edition to come out because I don't want you to ruin it for yourself and learn the whole story just to start from square one again, playing through Mass Effect 1 and, and go on from there, right? So I, part of me says if you've never played it before, definitely check it out. It's one of the one of the best RPG titles that, that I've ever played, and I, and I know a lot of people who agree with that. But at the same time, I would urge you to wait until the Legendary Edition comes out. And I know it's you don't really you're not looking forward to spending the money on a game that you know nothing about. But all I can say is you won't be let down. And definitely take your time with the games. Don't rush to Mass Effect Two and Mass Effect Three because once you get into the second, the the last two of the titles, it really makes it hard to enjoy the first one. Not that the first one isn't good, but there's features that are introduced in Mass Effect Two that you just you just want to take advantage of right so you can go to the website here ea.com slash game slash mass effect mass effect you can look it up on just google it right and uh of course it, it has a list of all the crew everything's everybody's coming back and they've up they revamped their uh all of their uh uh you know the character models to uh better complement the capabilities of the of the newer generation systems of course you know you have um so obviously you, you go back and you start off you have Garrus Vakarian which is my favorite character in the entire series Garrus Vakarian is is hands down from beginning to end if you if he survives the entire storyline all three games if you don't you know accidentally kill him off at some point he's hands down one of my favorite characters in, in any game really there's just something about him that's just that's just really his character is really captivating and it, and it keeps drawing you in um even Tally Zora has a really great backstory. If you uh, learn about the flotilla and stuff like that, and her with her species, uh, Liara Tassoni is uh, she's kind of cool. You know, she was she was definitely a token character. Uh, I'll give it that, but she was still a good staple in the characters. But the problem is, even if she survives the first game, uh, if you don't end up killing her off, she kind of dwindles away. You you have she she becomes like an Easter egg uh, from that point on. So that's kind of depressing, but. Um, obviously, her character does grow a lot over the course of the series. Uh, Erdnot Rex, uh, when you get uh, your first uh, experience with his species, he's going to be a fun one you're going to have in the series. And unfortunately, he's one of the first ones you have the opportunity to kill off. So it's really up to you at that point. And it's, it's the cool thing about the Mass Effect series is it came out of a time where a lot of games were claiming that your choices made a difference in the overall atmosphere and, and universe of the game. And this is the first game that actually had that that aspect and put it to real practice like if you were playing your character and uh even if you already uh, even if you already knew that you could take your character and, and take them further into mass effect 2 and mass effect 3 your choices and how you interact with your crew were i mean they changed the entire aspect you really had a risk of losing these characters like there's a chance where there's a, a point where you have a chance to legitimately kill off or not Rex with your own gun, and uh, you know, and that's something to kind of keep in mind. And or not so, and, and Rex's uh, species has a has an amazing backstory too, a really fun backstory that that ties into uh, Morden Solus's characters, uh, his, his species, and those are they, they kind of intertwine. It's it's kind of messed up, but it's but it's a really cool backstory. It goes really in depth. And the great thing about the Mass Effect stories is if you take advantage of the side quest and, and do these character quests and uh, to work with your crew, you learn a lot about these. And the backstories that deviate from the main mission are just really, really interesting and, and fun. And the lore is, is, is so easy to follow in these games that you don't have to be, uh, you know, you don't have to be a lore nerd in order to, to learn all these things, to know about all those characters. You just got to follow the story. And the more you explore the backstories of these characters, the better their affinity gets and the more they trust you and the stronger they become. And it's, it's just really, it's a really cool mechanic of the game. Um, 
and going on from there obviously you see all your different uh all the other characters that that are that are involved through all, all the games that you can uh in, include and you, you you find them in the first game and you just go on from there um one thing i do want to point out that i noticed here is uh if you go to i'm on the website right now and uh the legendary edition if you go down towards the bottom of the page you scroll you see the mass effect legendary cache and with that it's uh it's 149.99 there for some reason there's already 17 reviews and it's got solid five star reviews um and the thing about it is you can order it obviously and with that, you get it's a legendary cash wave two. You have a one-to-one scale replica helmet, a wearable helmet. It's got, I guess, it's got LED lights that light up, and it looks like Commander Shepard's uh, N7 helmet that you can get in the game, of course. Uh, it's got uh, canvas art prints, uh, you know, little spinner tokens, um, and of course, uh, the N7 acceptance. Just little little knickknacks that you get from the game. And of course, the game itself, as well as a metal case with you know with the art and stuff on there and the, and the box art. The issue with that is when it comes to these these manufacturers, these, these game uh, production companies and these AAA title and and stuff like that. Like, when they offer these packages like this, it's such a gamble because think about when when uh, you know uh, Fallout seventy six came out and they had that uh, the collector's edition or whatever when it came out. They uh, they offered this canvas bag and, and all this cool stuff, but the uh, oh God, was that Fallout seventy six? I want to say it was seventy six. And anyway, they offered the canvas bag, and it was just. But the stuff they were getting was so low quality and so cheaply made that people paid a lot of money for stuff that cost pennies to make, and the quality was just trash. I mean, yeah, these are collector's items. They're not meant. They're they're meant to you know admire you put them on a shelf call and call it a day and it just sits there and and if you take care of it it won't collect dust but at the same time it's meant to look good on a shelf right but if you're paying this much money for these things you would hope that they have some kind of practical longevity to them you know so it's definitely something that i wouldn't mind getting but who knows what kind of quality the canvas art print is who knows what kind of quality the the replica helmet is i mean it's a cool looking helmet it'd be nice to have a life-size helmet to admire and and maybe even have on a stream if it comes down if i ever start running streams with you know with my uh you know uh with with the camera and stuff like that and a green screen um the one thing is you get the mass effect legendary metal game case uh wave two now this i want to say this is a it looks like it's actually a, a rehash of a collector's edition uh legendary cash edition or whatever from the previous time that they released this these titles they're just re-releasing it with the excitement around the legendary uh legendary edition so you get the metal uh game case but the game's not included in it i mean it's going to be a digital game anyway so um you get obviously the spinners um the one morality spinner uh the n7 acceptance letter which is really cool and a custom full color box featuring the game's key art uh the two canvas art prints um the uh now it's claiming on the site it's wearable the the n7 helmet is wearable beautifully detailed faithful to the games and yes it lights up too so like i said it'd be a cool uh a cool item to have on a shelf to admire and to just kind of like enjoy that you have it but err on the side of caution because a lot of these a lot of these legendary uh these 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 uh special edition cases that have all the stuff it's a hit or miss um and we've come a long way and back then you used to get really good high quality items from these collector's editions um like when fallout 3 first came out you had the collector's edition on that one it has a cool little lunchbox and some figurines but they were good quality figurines and you weren't paying an arm and a leg for them but for the price you were paying you were getting some decent equipment out of it so but recently unfortunately these companies have been trying to get away with some really not so great uh quality items and with the way ea has been treating some of their uh uh, well treating some of their their fans and in the past few years uh just just be uh be cautious about spending this kind of money it's 150 bucks um and it's uh obviously it's 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 gonna be produced and sent out by by bioware um it's you know the major company back in this is electronic arts uh just 
keep your mind and just keep keep weary of it i should say um restrictions that saying comes here is an item can only be the only item in your car to check out so when you're on here make sure you don't glitch out the system and do that but of course you also have uh other products down here you have other other swag you can get and hey, these are pretty cool so if we go to these uh, all products here so let's see uh flags and banners you know they you go to bioware and you can get all sorts of stuff on there of course bioware has made more than just the uh, uh the mass effect series of okay you got dragon age inquisition another huge game from them bioware has got a really good history of games if you don't count andromeda so definitely something to keep in mind but check it out um you have bioware.com and you can read about the game uh and of course, it's going to be released here soon. You can already pre-order it. At the very least, you can pre-order it on the marketplace, and you can get your hands on the uh, new Legendary Edition. I feel like I'm going to get it, and I might try to do a, a playthrough of it, and uh, we'll get that on the YouTube channel here soon as well. Once it releases, it'll be a lot of fun. I got to try my best to make sure I don't rush through uh, rush through Mass Effect One, of course. Though, anyway, we're going to take another break here for uh, another message, and uh, we'll be right back after this one. Okay, so now going into Diablo 2 Resurrected. Now, growing up, this was, I mean, this was an amazing game. A timeless classic for sure. And uh, no, I didn't say that just because it says it on the website. If you go to Diablo2.blizzard.com and uh, you can pull up the uh, it's Diablo 2 Resurrected uh, page here. And it it's really good at listening. Now, the good thing about, I mean, Blizzard's always been good about having these awesome pages set up for them. They're really good about the hype and they're really good about user interface and the, the ability of their websites to really feature everything and make it so user-friendly and also looking cool at the same time. So we look at the page here. Already at the top, we're seeing, obviously it's gonna be available for Windows. Um, I mean, it better be, right? Nintendo Switch, PS4, PS5, and the Xbox Series XS, you know. So it's going to be available on consoles uh, as well. The There was a current option for uh, the Tech Alpha opt-in. I actually might take advantage of that. I did uh, happen to pick up, uh, or put together a new computer, and I'm actually not upset about this computer. I'm sure it would definitely run this game, no problem. I mean, it'd run Diablo 2, obviously, but... So as you scroll through the page here, it's showing you have a different, uh, few different options here. So the overview talks about, you know, remastered graphics uh, and heroes and items, so on and so forth. Classic gameplay. So you still it still plays the same way that Diablo 2 played, the, the way that we always loved it, the way that we want to try to remember it. Uh, there's obviously um, one of the coolest things I'm seeing here is they have a, a planned, uh, they're planning for cross support uh, for like cross progression. So if you play the game on PC, and you play the game on console, you can play your character across both uh, the platforms. So you play on PC with some friends and then you could take that same character and pull it up on your Xbox or your PlayStation and play it on there as well and progress the same way. Progress the same way, you have the same, uh, you know, same items and, and character builds and so on and so forth. The big thing about this is that it's gonna be available in 4K uh, on PC, uh, it says right now, but I wouldn't be surprised if they at least have, you know, it's going to be UHD, but they also have uh, hopefully native 4K on the Series X and the PS5 and so on and so forth. And because they have the cross-progression uh, support planned, the hope is also it's going to once again be cross-platform. It's A lot of it's coming down to that in the end. And it's also exciting because I loved Diablo 2. Diablo 1 was fun. I have good nostalgia when it comes to playing with my dad on the computer, on our PCs way back in the day. And when Diablo 2 came out, I remember very clearly the day that we finally got Diablo 2 because we've been playing Diablo 1, even Hellfire, the uh, little modded side project of Diablo 1 that uh, was kind of fun. But we were uh, driving around. We, we were all, as a family, we happened to be in, in Boise, uh, the city that was is not too far from where we lived at the time. And he had gone into, um, we had all gone into Best Buy. And we none of us really paid attention. You know, you go into Best Buy as a kid, you're like, you know, you're just going crazy, looking at all this cool stuff and all this and that. You're dreaming your awesome build and all the cool stuff you want to try out. 
And uh, at the time, I think the PS2 had just released or something like that. I can't remember for sure. All I know is I was ex- too excited about something else to notice that my dad had actually picked up Diablo 2. Uh, and he picked up the box set. So it, I think I think it had the expansion with it already. So we uh, all get back in the van and my dad's in the in the front seat. And he's kind of nonchalantly like pulling something out of the bag. Like, ah, oh, yeah, I can't wait to check this out, you know. And I happen to look over his shoulder because, like, you know, obviously I'm, I'm excited, you know. I'm like, oh, what's going on? I'm curious about it. And I notice he's got the Diablo 2 box set in his hand. And I, I just get excited, you know, because we had so much fun, me and him playing on the first Diablo. We tried getting anybody else involved into it. We got my brother and my sister. We tried. They just weren't into gaming necessarily. But me and my dad had a lot of fun with it. And when Diablo 3 came out, we all tried playing over uh, LAN and uh, and even with the internet and stuff like that. We unfortunately didn't get it going. But I'm actually uh, contemplating um I'll seeing about getting my dad into Diablo 2 again. It'd be kind of fun to play with him and, and kind of reminisce about it from back in the day. So um, that was always a lot of fun. And that's why I think that has a re- big reason why Diablo has such a special place in my heart. Uh, a lot of people really enjoyed the game for, for many different reasons, for the gameplay in general. It was such a simple concept, a, a click and slash game and a, a top down. You just click and your character attack, click and he attacks. Of course, you had the hotkeys and stuff where you could do, you know, different attacks, uh, different spells and stuff. But, you know, for the most part, it was just a, a click and attack game. And it was fun. And it was it was it was Blizzard at its peak. You know, obviously, World of Warcraft is dominating the world. It's still considered the the gold standard of MMORPGs. But looking back at it now for me the golden age of diablo of blizzard was diablo 2 diablo 3 came out and it just kind of like at least for me it just kind of like it 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 came in quietly and i played it here and there obviously i've got it on the console and i play it whenever i have some friends on but i don't you know i don't get too crazy with it you know not like i did with diablo 2 and battlenet was obviously the most amazing thing so that being said they're also going to have updated battlenet support one of the big things with the Diablo 2 Resurrected coming out is they're going to have uh, they're going to feature up to um, up to eight multiplayer uh, up eight player multiplayer on uh, in a session, which is which is even more exciting. And I'm thinking with this game as as fun as it's going to be, obviously on console, and as exciting as it's going to be that it's on console, I honestly. What, I mean, this is a game that'd be easy to play on PC, and I'd be fine playing on PC. Like, uh, for those who know me, know that I'm not a huge fan of like you know things like first-person shooters or uh, even MMORPGs on on PC. It's just I'm not uh, I don't game a lot, a lot on the PC. Um, games I do play are like a lot of like RTS and, and you know top-down city builders, things like that. If I do it all, you know. And I just went so long playing on console that when I did get back into uh, into PC. Um, I, I I put a lot I put a lot of time and money investing investing into building a, a really good PC, but I don't use it to its full capacity by any means. Um, but I am I'm excited for Diablo 2, and I'm thinking if it's gonna if it's gonna include crossplay, I'll definitely have to uh, uh, I'll just get it on on the computer here. And even then, the uh, the cross progression maybe there's a package deal where uh, of course you have crossplay available. So if I do get it on the Xbox, I'll probably have it available on the PC as well. And I wouldn't be upset about that at all. Um, and especially if I could still play my friends who are on or happen to be playing on Xbox, you know, like I wasn't fortunate enough to get my hands on a Series X. I kind of sat on it a bit long. And even now we still it's hard to find one for sale anywhere in stock anywhere. So I am uh, I'm, I have no problem sitting on uh I'm playing the PC here. So looking through the website here, though, uh, right off the bat, the overview, um, uh, epic story told through five distinct acts. And whoever who has ever played Diablo 2 knows all five of those acts. You know, you eventually go back to Tristram and you start in the, uh, you know, the rogue encampment and you take out uh, Endariel, I think where her name was, with the first main boss you take. And then you work your way through all the other main uh, brothers uh, until you work your way up to Diablo in Act uh, Act Five, then you have what was it, Act, maybe Act Four. Act Five is when you went to the Barbarian Town, Barbarian Village, and the uh, and the Lord of Destruction um, 
DLC, and that was where it got even more exciting because you know you went to these all, all these other places and whatever character you chose, you you saw you had the rogues, you had the, the sorceress, and all this fun stuff. But then you had the barbarians involved, and when the when Diablo two first came out, barbarian the barbarian was like the centerpiece of the entire thing. So that's obviously really exciting. And uh, this Diablo two resurrected will include the expansion of Lord of Destruction. That's going to be included in like the just the base game basically. So. Uh, there's a video we could watch on here. If you check out the website, obviously on a podcast, there's no point to me watching this video. But um, if you go to the website, you can see it yourself. Uh, going down to the uh, news on it, obviously you have uh, a, a, a click to go to the news. So we have you have regular updates on the progression of the game and uh, kind of how it's coming along. And uh, there is a release date for it, I believe, uh, at least when you see it on the Xbox Marketplace. Uh, and something to definitely check it out. So, uh, resurrected graphics. So, fearsome demons, uh, brave adventures in the world of sanctuary. Resurrected, marvel at the denizens of the world, and up to up to ultra high definition 4K remastered graphics on PC. Or enjoy the original Diablo 2 old school style at the press of a button with the legacy toggle. So, on the page here, uh, they have this cool little slider actually that they implemented here on the uh, the feature page. You can click on five different ones. So you click on uh, just little snippets of different gameplay from uh, Tristram, Barracks, uh, the Tristram or Barracks or Burial Grounds or Loot Gulane and the sewers uh, under Loot Gulane. So just clicking on Tristram, uh, you have the slider that you can see the two different uh, uh, gameplay styles. It's, you know, I remembered this game a little differently. I'd hate to think that they kind of dumbed down the graphics just to make it seem like they made such a, a larger leap into the new uh the, the newer updated graphics and remastered graphics but this one shows the barbarian kind of playing around he does a shout and he's just kind of hacking and slashing all the little imps and uh on the left side it's it's the old style it's really primitive and i know this game what what the l2 came out what in like 99 2000 or something like that so these are 21 year old graphics a 21 year old game so I'm, I'm, I'm having to force myself to believe that this is what it looked like. Then if you scroll over to the left, uh, the graphics are obviously updated. The buildings have been done. The fire looks <laughs> very different, very nice. Um, even even the, the center fountain in Tristram is, is just different. It's, it's, they, they really did just kind of redo all the graphics. They, they, it's like they rebuilt this game from the ground up. The characters move a lot more fluid. The attacks are a lot more fluid, even the shouts and, and even like the, uh, like the, the, the status indicators on, uh, you know, like that, like it looks like the barbarians doing a fear shout and uh, all the imps are running away. Um, and his attacks and, and the character motions are a lot more fluid. They're not like, you know, where it's like separate pick art to kind of animate the attack and uh, it looks it looks a lot nicer and of course you can click to the different areas and the show in the barracks you show like uh, looks like the uh, paladin uh yeah it's so definitely the paladin kind of fighting in the uh, barracks uh kind of as you're working way to Indariel in the first act there and uh scroll over and it's like i said it's a lot smoother a lot more but it's weird when you look at the different graphics it's almost like the old graphics are a lot more overwhelming with the characters and kind of the mobs whereas a new one it's it's cleaner it's it seems like it's it's a lot easier to kind of see everything and really appreciate just all uh, what all this looks like you know and the burial grounds here with the sorceress uh she's shooting uh, her lightning attacks there it's it, watching her run and now that i look at it because i remember having a sorcerer's character and of course i had a, a necromancer as well and uh it's uh it's it's so much i mean you have to go to the page and see it to believe it if, if they don't introduce this 4k on uh the console i'll actually be kind of upset because it says specifically on the page in numerous and a few different places that uh it'll be available up to 4k resolution on pc now i would hope I would hope that they would take the console to uh, some case, uh, like 4K resolution, at least on the Series X and the PS5, but we'll have to wait and see. Uh, next one is a, a snippet of Luke Galane with the assassin running through Luke Galane here with their claws and stuff out, of course. And even Luke Galane just looks so much better. Even the, the NPC characters move more fluid. They really did rebuild this game from the ground up. 
And I'm really excited that they didn't take it and just kind of like rehash like World of Warcraft kind of gameplay into it. Like it's it's still the movement stuff. It still moves and plays just like the base original Diablo 2. And uh, I'm really excited about that. All they did was just make the game prettier and, and smoother. And I'm hoping it still plays like the old game where you, it's just a, a uh, you know a, a click and attack and you know a click and slash game. Also sewers. Uh, let's see. It looks like oh yeah, the uh, necromancer in the sewers. They got him kind of shooting his attacks. There's uh, one of those bone teeth, I think they were, and resurrecting his uh, his skeletons. His uh, let's see, where is it showing at there? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, he's got a skeleton mages and stuff, of course. So that's definitely a lot of fun. Uh, go down. We have uh, all the classes that were in, included in all the uh, DLC. So Amazon, Assassin, Necromancer, Barbarian, Paladin, Sorceress, and Druid. I really enjoyed the Druid when he first came out. You know, obviously summoning a bear and and the dire wolves and stuff was a really cool thing to that I had a lot of fun with. Which and it made sense because when I played as the Necromancer when the game first came out, when we first started playing it. Of course, I wanted my army of skeletons. So when the Druid class was released, and you could have your pet bear that you could summon and, and, and have have with you flying around, or your or your uh, your wolves, and of course you could turn into a were bear, a werewolf. Like I'm pretty sure, I feel like when I start off, I'm going to be starting off as a Druid. It, it would I would I would most likely assume just because that was my favorite character growing up. Um, next one here. Uh, so we have the features. That, so. The cross progression feature, um, keep in progress wherever you play with playing cross progression. So whether it's on, uh, uh, you you have your your account linked to Battle.net, and as you play from PC to Xbox or whatever platform you're playing on, you can take your character and push it off to a different, you know, push it onto the other uh, platform and just continue from there. So that's actually pretty cool there. Um, they did update some of the menus here. We got, uh, the, the, they're bringing ladders back for it, of course. Uh, for those who don't remember, when you're looking back at uh, when this game first came out, you uh, uh, when Battle.net was first introduced with Diablo 2, you had ladders you uh, that were, you know, you had the characters um, and the different players out there. So they, it would list their experience and what class they were and uh you know what different modes and and whether it's it's ranked or ladders or, or seasons and all stuff so um and then they have a new user interface so this looks like obviously the the character progression and and, and stats and, um different menu kind of set up it looks it looks a lot cleaner and easier to look at uh, they expanded the stash so even the stash is larger um it's been so long since i played i can't remember what the stash was like back then so even then this will probably still be taken for granted by myself honestly it says uh the original stash was six by eight now it's a 10 by 10 grid so you got a, a little extra room there now it says uh of course bring your own army now here's the exciting part like i said earlier in the episode a big thing that keeps me coming with these games is the multiplayer and the social aspect of them so diablo 2 resurrected features cooperative gameplay supporting up to eight players and each player has access to one mercenary so the minions of burning hells may grow stronger but they there'll be no match for you so essentially you can have 16 fighters on a screen where you have one player each player has their own mercenary and i forgot about this being a thing actually so if you were in uh you know the act one two three whatever depending on which act you were in you could you could uh you could recruit a character from those you know, from that camp. So if you're in the rogue camp, you can recruit a rogue. And the rogue was the rogues were just uh, obviously the character models from uh, Diablo One, but you could keep your character uh, or your your mercenary with you, and they could level up and, and and progress through the stories with you. And you can give them better armor, you give them better better weapons and stuff. And if you did things right, they would be with you all up until the point that you you defeated Diablo and even went on to defeat Bale and all them. So uh, obviously that, that's an exciting part of it. I forgot that was a thing. So that makes me even more excited to get back into it myself. And of course the tech alpha opt-in. So I'm going to click the tech alpha opt-in and I need to make a Blizzard account and I will do that here in a second. So that is pretty much, I mean, that's, that's, all there is to it as far as uh diablo 2 i mean if you haven't played diablo 2 i'm sure i mean it's probably pretty easy to get I, if, if nothing else i'm pretty sure diablo 2 itself is free anyway and uh or not you you probably have a family member or a friend with an old dusty copy sitting up in uh in storage somewhere just get a hold of them and 
download it. It's it's not a super demanding game, especially on any more any modern machines. So I would definitely check that out. I uh, I mean I, this is probably what I'm most excited for. Um, aside from the this is an episode of a lot of different nostalgia, really. Aside from you know the Mass Effect Legendary Edition is going to be exciting because uh, I just I just love Mass Effect. It was a huge game for me when it came to my anything in gaming. It was a huge turning point for me. Uh, but Diablo two was especially after Diablo three, at least for me, was kind of a disappointment. Diablo two will be just a good a good addition to what we're dealing with with this year when it comes to games. And let's face it, until they fix Cyberpunk and release multiplayer on that, and until they fix uh, uh, Watch Dogs Legion, um, and uh, I actually play around with the mutton, the button mapping, mutton bapping, the button mapping, um, this is definitely something here. And now I actually have a system that can run this, and I'm going to be getting some Diablo 2 going once uh, once this releases. So definitely check it out. Uh, Diablo 2, dot, uh, the number 2, dot blizzard, uh, dot com, And uh, hopefully we'll see you guys online. Uh, it'd be kind of fun to get a group going. We have up to eight people. And uh, I think I actually saw this uh, shared on Mafu Squad's Twitter. So that's what kind of got me back into it here. So I, I'm sure Mafu Squad's obviously going to be on it. And hopefully it's cross-platform because I feel like he's going to be playing on his Xbox. Um but either way, uh, we'll definitely keep a, keep an eye into it and we'll look into this. So hopefully we'll see you guys online. Um, yeah, we'll get a, uh, another quick message here and then uh, and then uh, we'll go from there. everybody that's gonna do it for me here on canine party and friends thanks for joining me here uh we went over the black desert update that dropped on the third of march be sure to check that out i'm usually on the foreign server which is an xbox server but if you're on playstation 4 and you want to you want to group up and and uh run the you know, run the some some grind some rotations by all means i'm always happy to uh hang out and and run those with people and uh, i'm always i'm still working on my lawn so the more the merrier and uh it's, it's just more in more encouraging to keep grinding up the characters and your and your different builds when you have more people involved with it uh we also went over the uh, uh we have mass effect legendary edition coming out I'm excited for that one i'm mainly the nostalgia behind it uh, i'm definitely going to be getting that but uh like i said my main worry is is taking my time on Mass Effect 1 and not rushing to 2 just to get those little extra features. I really want to get the most of the story, especially with the better looks and the imagery that's going to come out with it. And then uh, Diablo 2 Resurrected is coming out. That for sure is going to be on my shopping list there. I actually did. I actually just signed up for the uh, the Alpha, uh, the Tech Alpha, and uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, looking at some of the forums, we have uh, a few different things. Uh, they are going to be testing the single-player mode for the most part. Then they're going to be working into stress testing the uh, online uh, multiplayer mode. So hopefully I'll be taking advantage of that there. And if some of you all, some of you other people are into the alpha, uh, if you get a chance when they start stress testing the multiplayer, uh, by all means, let me know. And it'd be fun to kind of try to link up on there and see what we can do. Um, and uh, from that point on, that's going to do it for me. So we are on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, Breaker, Radio Public. Uh, listen to any of those platforms there uh, keep spreading the word support the channel uh, with the button there underneath the underneath the podcast or at the very least share it with your friends and uh, let people know and get people in here the more the merrier if you know any friends or any content creators or streamers or even other podcast uh, podcast hosts that want to try to get involved in some of these podcasts or at least get the word out there or i'd love this I, I said it when i first started the channel i'd love to start featuring some different twitch streamers or uh you know youtube streamers or content creators gamers in general or if you just want to be part of the episode it'd be fun to get you in and get your opinion on some upcoming games i try to keep up on some of the bigger news but i miss things here and there and there's a lot of uh, other like cult you know kind of cult followings some of these other games that come out that i tend to I tend to overlook or I just happen. I don't I just don't catch it when it comes out. So that being said, uh, be sure be sure to share. And uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for hanging out. We'll see you all next time.